This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for yet another Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And we are still celebrating the wonderful month of December and all the joy and holiday cheer that comes with it. If you've been uh, sticking around with us for the past couple of weeks, we have been doing uh, reviewing or covering, talking about episodes of classic animated shows, but Mm -hmm. flipping it, reversing it, and making the episodes only winter-themed episodes. So... So far, we talked a little bit about courage. We had the revival of an old anti-hero, essentially, in the first weekend of December. Last week, we talked about kind of a new show, but not really, Mm Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, where they had to confront, essentially, the abominable snowman. (laughs) And today, Grace is back up on deck with week three, episode three of our holiday, Christmas holiday, winter holiday arc. Yes. So take it on away for us. Thank you. So first, I'm going to tell you about how I came to today's episode choice and why I picked it. Because it's a show that actually usually doesn't fit into our crime show category. Hmm. Um, Kind of similar to how in our Halloween arc, you did, hey, Arnold, you you happen to have an episode in a series that was relevant. Um, Yeah. So first, I obviously just Wikipedia Christmas cartoon episodes, and actually, it was the very first show and very first episode listed, and I didn't think too much about it because the name of the episode sounded interesting, Um, and because though the show came out in 1997, um, I'd actually never seen the show, but it was a show that was like a spinoff of a movie. Um, Oh. Okay. Yes. And I I knew that I would do it as soon as I realized that this movie had a spinoff show because, you know, why I hadn't seen the show, I'd seen the movie. And when I say I had seen the movie, what I really mean is this movie during my childhood was my entire fucking life. Oh, shit. Because the movie that the show was a spinoff of was 101 Dalmatians. which they turned into a tv show in the late 90s and i'm sure there's been other iterations probably but wow whoa okay yes boom left field Uh uh-huh i'm surprised smack me in the face yes Ah, oh my god my other eye my face (laughs) (laughs) yes so yes in the late 90s there was a animated spinoff show of 101 dalmatians of the same name which is why it was listed first because it was just 101 on this list by tv show (laughs) so yes this tv show followed the adventures of these little cute adorable dalmatian pups and their families after the movie took place um and of course yeah that was enough to sell me because like i said this movie that movie was my entire life it built the personality that i still have to this day and my love of dogs Yes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I won't get into it, but that explains everything about me as a human being, as an adult, and my deep love okay. of dogs. So awesome. Yes. Um, but like I said, this usually is not a crime show. 
And I say usually because this is a very special Christmas episode that not only had a singular focus on the villain of the 101 Dalmatians canon, Corello DeVille, mm-hmm. but this episode focused on Corello DeVille in one of the best Christmas ways possible as a spinoff of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Oh my God. Oh. Yes. Oh, where is Pumpkin Patch Pat? (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkin Patch Pat. (laughs) I have a thought on how Pumpkin Patch Pat appears in this episode. Okay. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. Well now, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have it. I'll make a note. Okay. Try If you remember to weave it in, I hope so. Otherwise we'll talk about it later. Okay. Good. (laughs) So yes, today's episode, I will say we won't be focusing on a individual specific crime, although crime will come into it. Uh, But we are indeed going to go into a deep, deep dive into the ultimate villain, Corella DeVille, doing a deep psychological look and breakdown at one of the worst criminals ever, or so I thought as a child, because she wanted to hurt puppies. So yeah, I mean, I think that still makes her one of the worst Disney villains literally ever. Agreed. It's like, even so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, before we begin a couple of things, one, while I loved this episode, I do want to note that the world's greatest remake of A Christmas Carol is still to this day, The Muppets Christmas Carol. (laughs) But it's not like technically animated, so I couldn't cover it, but I needed to establish that as fact. Um. Next, I realized there was a recent Cruella DeVille live action film with Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. And so I'm going to ignore whatever that added to the canon um, since this came out because uh, or because this episode came out first. I'm going to consider this her true story. Um, I also a couple more things here have to admit mm-hmm. something incredibly embarrassing that Uh-oh. I guess I never typed out the name Cruella DeVille before and only when I was typing it out for this episode, I did finally, after basically 30 years on this earth, realize that her last name is just Devil. Um, Deville. Devil, I know. I promise I'm (laughs) smart, everyone. I just had to. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, it feels like I need to be vulnerable with the audience and tell them that. That's fair, yeah. It took me this long and this loving of this franchise for me to ever realize that. It's possible that other people are learning something today too. It's not. They all know. It is. Everyone fucking knows. Okay. okay. (laughs) Thank you, though. You don't just go around writing Cruella DeVille's name everywhere. Why (laughs) would people just know these things? Come on. Everywhere. So, yes. Next, a fun voice actor side note of this episode Mm -hmm. is that, or I guess in this iteration of this, like, spinoff show, um, includes Susan uh, Blakesley as Cruella. (gasps) She's Wanda from the Fairly Odd Parents. I was like, I recognize that name. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, cool, and cool. Jeff Bennett, who plays Roger, who's like the husband of like the main family, who okay, is yeah. also Johnny Bravo. So, oh, wow. They were voice actor note. poaching all off of a Cartoon Network and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess like Nickelodeon, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last, I know like the big like late 90s names got in on this show. So it's a great show. Yeah. Lastly, there are a number of crimes that take place in the background of this episode, but like I said, we're here to mainly examine this criminal, and dare I say it, this episode was hilarious, and like on purpose, the writers 
gave just like a lot of one-liners that were clearly nods to like the adults having to watch the show and yeah I, I'll quote a couple in here because they were just very funny is this on Disney so, plus now um or did you I watch it somewhere watch else? This. I think I watched this on YouTube so oh, okay cool um oh, well. just, no, just wondering I where I would I assume go to watch it it, it, it probably is yeah, because yeah, it's maybe Hunter One Domination Disney movie. Gotcha. So if you're listening, go there to watch it. Yes, on Don't, Disney Plus. Yes, in the place where it's legally available. Watchable. Yes. <laughs> this so, is your message well, from law abiding citizens. <laughs> always. <laughs> so um, this is season one, episode 19 of 101 Dalmatians, entitled A Christmas Cruella. <laughs> and we open on Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, but in doing instead of doing the last minute wrapping or making cookies for Santa, Anita, who is like the wife slash main like is like the mom, main human of 101 Dalmatians, um, one of the main humans, uh, is still at work. And specifically, Anita is working at the House DeVille offices, which is a high-end fashion brand. Ran by, you guessed it, Cruella. And Anita is like a designer for her there, fashion designer. Um, and we see in like the offices of House DeVille um, that one, like everyone is still at work. No one is home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And we see that there is a Christmas tree in the lobby. So there is some like acknowledgement that it's Christmas and Christmas spirit. Okay. Um, Cruella's henchmen, Horace and Jasper are decorating the tree. Um, and I also only mention this because it's like a very like modern metal and like chromatic tree that's like flipped upside down. And my only thought, and this is the only reason I really, met, and I guess it comes up soon in the plot, but my only thought was like, this is a very Melania style Christmas yeah. tree. <laughs> yeah. Like spray painting all the flowers black and like, yeah. What is that tree upside down? Yeah. I just had to mention it. It's avant-garde. You don't understand it. Yes. So. (laughs) High fashion. High fashion. Um, In the first moment of hilarity, as we're painting through the offices, we see Corella truly just prancing through the offices in like a Christmas tree dress. Mm. She is on cloud nine. Her dress can actually look like a Christmas tree, but the Christmas tree cannot. (laughs) Cannot. It's (laughs) ironic. That's how it's off guard. It's ironic when she wears it. Yes. So, um, yes, her, she is just so happy that all of her employees are still working and she's like frolicking through the employees dresses. And here are some of the banger quotes that one, um, literally there's someone like on like a drum, like slave labor style and Corella is going work, toil, slave, labor, produce, actually like frolics through the offices and like to the beat of the drum very terrifying well this is Um, also why our generation is so pro-union i know this 1997 we saw that shit we were like oh hell no we will never be allowed to be treated this way Uh (laughs) uh-huh and then she's like overlooking her like minions she goes oh how i love christmas such a joyous celebration of capitalism Okay. <laughs> I feel like this episode was made for us, Grace. It was like it, made like, for this podcast. I was like, they I knew must in 1997 have seen this <laughs> as a child. 
yeah. <laughs> just stored in the vaults. Yeah. Um, and then another banger line of like, and like Horace or Jasper or someone else like makes some comment of like, no one else, no one is shopping still. Like it's Christmas Eve. She goes, oh no, no, no. There's always one or two last minute shoppers to gouge. Oh, so Jesus. <laughs> yes. So on the nose. <laughs> yep. So on the nose, evil and yes. really telling us how it is on Christmas. Uh-huh. So eventually she makes it to Anita's office with some further orders. But right as she does, Roger, who's Anita's husband, they're Anita mm-hmm. and Roger, the owners of Pongo and Perdita, who are like the main um the main dogs, um, mm-hmm. which I did have life-size stuffed animals of them as a child. It's oh fine. God, life-size of, of, of Pongo and Perdita. Yes, not of the humans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, life-size Dalmatians. <laughs> that would be yeah. hilarious. First like, off, if they were also like pillows or stuffed animals too. They humans. were stuffed animals, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Dalmatians are huge. So even having yeah. like, the, <laughs> it's like yeah. you're a little kid and it's still like over your head. <laughs> they were. I love them so much. Anyways, I really love this this movie. So um, (laughs) Roger comes in and he's holding one of their puppies, Lucky. He had been in the city because Lucky had to go to a vet appointment. And Anita is just so happy to see them, goes and embraces Roger and pets Lucky. Um, And Roger explains that Lucky indeed hurt his paw real bad. Lucky's doing so-so. He'll need to get, he probably needs to get some surgery, but like, it's okay. It wasn't as bad as they thought. They can take care of it. And like, because I was already in the city, I came to pick you up from work and let's go home to celebrate Christmas. Corella though is pissed off at the idea that Anita would go home for Christmas and says, next thing you know, you'll want to be not working tomorrow on Christmas day. (laughs) And Roger... (laughs) Oh, yes. God. <laughs> Ever the great husband stands up for Anita and is like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is the holidays. She is coming home to spend time with her family. And so, Carilla on the spot, um, which this might be the first crime, I don't know, labor laws, but you know, related to like workers' rights <laughs> and compensations, there could be a lawsuit in the works here. Carilla says, fine, you can hang up your stocking and stuff it then, and fires Anita. Oh, on the spot. Damn. That's a little ambiguous, though. Was she really fired or did she really, truly just want her to hang up a stocking and stuff it? (laughs) She does say, like, you are being downsized Uh, and you just want your fire me. And she's like, yeah, get out. So, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They make it known. Clarified. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, Roger and Anita and little puppy Lucky leave, and Corella is just storming through the offices, livid that Anita wanted to go home. And she basically mm-hmm. is wor- worried that all the other employees are want- going to want to go home now, too, on Christmas Eve. And she's shouting that, like, what? Do only Santa and elves work on Christmas Eve? So as she's storming out of the office, she enters the main lobby, where again, Horace and Jasper were decorating the tree. In her rage and in their classic incompetency, she doesn't see all of the wires stretched across the lobby, hanging up the tree lights, and she trips over them, making this metal tree tumble down, and one of the branches smacks her in the back of the head. The checkoff gun. Why put a metal <laughs> why explain to us that there's a metal tree if it will not come into you? Unless it's gonna come back. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it did quickly. It wasn't even the third act. It came back. It came one, immediately. Baby. Yes. Yeah. So um, because everyone like hates her, 
no one helps her up. And they actually all, like every employee takes the opportunity to go home while she's passed out on the floor. Good for them. Yeah. They were like, thank God, let's go. They're all very quietly walking around the tree so they don't wake her up. Like, like you see someone up above actually like help maybe nudge the tree over a little bit. <laughs> But then we're going to land on her. I'm free. Freedom. (laughs) So, yes, eventually she does shake awake from being knocked out. Again, seeing that everybody, including Horace and Jasper, have left. And she is obviously pissed. And she storms home, taking her anger out on everyone who gets in her path. You know, there's like one of those like Salvation Army, like Santa's like ringing the bell with like a collection box. Yeah. She takes money from the collection <gasps> box. <laughs> there's like the outfit. She's probably wearing an outfit that costs more money than like yes. that Santa has even collected today. A thousand percent. She also has changed into like a dress now. She's like, fuck of Christmas. Course. Yeah, and like a fur coat, <laughs> like a green fur coat. There's like an unhoused person on her property that she yells to like, get the fuck off my property. And then she also says he has like a plaid blanket and it's like cold. It's clearly Chris, like hot, it's snowing. And she goes, nobody wears plaid anymore, which I'm going to briefly pause. We should talk about at the end. Is this what has happened to Pumpkin Patch Pat due to the traumas (laughs) of his life? (laughs) He has it. He he's just tumbled into potentially being unhoused now we'll come back to it at the end and speculate what happened okay all right i'll try to so internalize. Um, there's there's a group of carolers who she yells at and of then course. she like gets in her car and just like rage plows through some like snowman so oh, you're being... gonna say the carolers <laughs> i was like holy shit there's that me. may come up later oh shoot. we might say she's being a real Scrooge about Christmas now. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, now I see how it's based on that, oh. on the Christmas Carol. Wow. Wow. So back at home, <laughs> in this enormous, creepy Victorian-style mansion, she gets ready for bed. And as a side note, in this series, she has, like, a pet ferret. I don't know why. It probably comes up in this TV show. But it was weird to give her like a furry pet because she wants to skin all animals. Anyways, Mm -hmm. she gets ready for bed and suddenly Horace and Jasper appear in her bedroom, but they're like white and translucent and covered in like heavy chains because they are indeed, as you guessed it, ghosts, Uh which we obviously are confirming here that this is Christmas Carol territory we have fully entered. I was so, waiting to see who the ghost would end up being. I was like, yes. who in her life would like be her compass? Okay, yes. cool. So I, her stooges, <laughs> her henchmen. Yes, with her stooges, Horace <laughs> and Jasper, telling her that unless she changes her greedy ways, bad things are going to happen to her and that there will be three more ghosts that visit her this evening to really mm-hmm. drive that point home. Corella like shakes her head muttering that like yeah she must be hallucinating she clearly must have like a concussion because that tree hit her in the head <laughs> this is some like paranormal phenomenon hallucinating shit I'm she just texts right into bed just being like okay I need to sleep I need to Good sleep night. off this concussion this concussion Not that's what the doctors idea. say right yeah yes <laughs> so no. She is suddenly awoken though as her windows fly open and wind and snow swirls into the room followed by a little glowing christmas dalmatian puppy 
who's wearing a Santa hat. So basically it's going to be all the puppies who are the ghosts. Um, oh, that would be terrifying, actually. Like a <laughs> yeah. hundred different ghosts just keep puppies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And this puppy announces that she is the ghost of Christmas past and will be taking Corella on a journey through the defining moments to that led her to where she is today. Hmm. Corella at first resists, but the puppy of past is obviously a supernatural ghost. So she sweeps her up and takes Corella into the past. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's go. This is a real sassy puppy. And I loved it. Nice. So we start by entering a snowy street and zooming onto the window of like this huge house in, I presume, um, New York or London or something, where there's a little baby, I don't know, like 16 month old baby Corella, and it's Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. She's got like a little jumper on. She's clearly a little toddler still. She's got like these big giant eyes. And modern day Corella awes at herself, being like, oh, how cute was I? And mm-hmm. puppy past goes, sure in a dysfunctional sort of way damn and she's right because this baby okay. with like these big yellow eyes is being handed a present from a russian nanny who is reading baby corella a note that came with the present which says having a fabulous holiday and vacation sincerely your parents mr and mrs deville mm. So her parents are clearly not there. And baby Corilla, though, doesn't give a shit. She is shaking the present, being like, puppy, puppy, puppy. Shaking it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a live animal in something. Don't shake it. It will not be alive much longer. Yes. But not to worry for those of us who knew you shouldn't shake live animals. Um, Because she opens it up. And instead of a puppy, it's like this little baby designer dress, which infuriates baby Corella and rips the dress in half throwing a tantrum and modern Corella is like that was such a cute dress why was I so upset I want clothes not puppies um and for a moment I will say while watching this I was like wow Corella's parents like clearly were not there for her she was raised by this nanny so okay maybe some like unloved trauma which Mm -hmm. maybe this will be the case that we build but I want to ask the eternal like true crime question of nature versus nurture mm-hmm. and I ask this here because little Corella is so little and young and yes is clearly kind of abandoned not loved by her parents is raised by this random ass nanny who just lives like here's a letter and a present whatever but and so maybe like nurture created evil Corella but as soon as she's left alone by the nanny who like brings her up and in, into her room Baby, a literal baby is still seething and her eyes turn like a terrifying red and we see her pick up the phone. And in the next scene, we see the nanny being carted away in a box as she's like yelling to be like let out. And little Corella is just in the window laughing, saying next time she better get a puppy with spots. So like, did she get carted away by like immigration services? Yeah, but in a box? we it's she gets this nanny removed there's a removed is all we have yes the only way we can describe this when you say a box like a cardboard box a card and the nanny like you hear the nanny yelling this is cruel and unusual punishment like trying to bang to get out oh and it's like yeah man she fucking called ice on her ass (laughs) (laughs) immigrations Uh and customs enforcement was there with the quickness like oh so 
mm-hmm. foreigner, you say, let us take her. <laughs> Pretty dark. Um, so nice. again, nature versus nurture. Again, another crime that was definitely committed in front you of know? our eyes by the 16th month old baby. Yeah. Some people just are born with evil in their hearts. Uh, exactly. you know, no matter how much nurturing or nature gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> you just be evil. It just happens. So um, watching this has no impact on modern day Corella. Um, so puppy past brings her about 10 years further to another Christmas. And this time a British nanny is handing preteen Corella a gift. <laughs> The parents learn. They're like, okay, no more foreign nannies. Nope. This. Or, oh like, yeah, I guess we don't. Yeah, I guess they, they are British. I forget. I remember one of the movies was in London. I thought so. Yeah. I just didn't know if it took place there or they, not. But I don't remember her having a British accent either. So yeah, it's it's vague. Ex-pass, Do Brits even get deported know. from America though? No, yeah. <laughs> probably not. Maybe they, so. she grew up in New York in the big yeah. city fashion. I don't know. She moved around. Anyway, perhaps <laughs> many different places. Yeah. Um, any t- anyways, this British nanny's card postcard says, mm. Dear occupant, having a wowie time in Maui, Merry Christmas from your primary care divider or providers. So getting more and more cold. Um, but this time Corella again is ignoring the letter and opening rip like viciously ripping open the present, once again begging for a puppy. But again, it's just a piece of clothing. And she rips it, throws it on the ground and storms out of the house. But right as she does, she sees all of the neighborhood kids are out playing in the snow, making snowmans, playing with puppies. And one legitimately says, wow, I'm so glad we all got puppies for Christmas. Burn. And he didn't even know it. (laughs) So this was, they would regret joyously celebrating that because Corella obviously sees this and her face grows dark and in like a smile that's like the Grinch's smile mm-hmm. we see her like run into the garage and seconds later she rips out of the garage in like a motor scooter and plows into the group of kids and puppies and snowmen <laughs> sending them a scattering knocking on all the snowmen so you were asking earlier, plowing into the carolers. Yes. Uh-huh. She's like, been there, done that. Uh-huh. And puppies. So maybe another crime, attempted murder. Mm-hmm. She's like building quite a rap sheet from a young age. Yes. Um, yes. So also you said she's about like 10 or so here. This like is this probably is 10 like, years after the first Yeah, flashback. I mean, this is definitely preteen she's probably like 12 or 13 okay but yes okay yeah. got it. but she's like no she's longer like, a toddler she's yes. yeah cool she's like gotcha. a gangly awkward teen at this point she has um, more of a conscious i guess is what i'm getting at. yes and, <laughs> and she it, she's just as if not even more evil yes it was, was very then. deliberate she didn't like run and scream with him she went back inside got the keys for the little moped this was premeditated riding. assault yeah. <laughs> attempted murder perhaps even premeditated exactly. attempted murder <laughs> Exactly. So modern Corella feels bad for herself at this point, being like, it was such a hard Christmas. Um, instead of feeling bad for the kids and puppies, she has tried to murder and probably traumatize. Yeah. Then puppy past is like yelling at her about this being like, what about everyone else you just tried to kill? To which Corella says, but you're my therapist. You're supposed to feel my pain. 
which I thought was very funny. Ma'am, I am a ghost dog. <laughs> I know, ma'am, I am a puppy. Right. So puppy pass gives it one more try and is like, you kind of learn how to care about other people. Let's give this one a try. So this time Corella is like maybe like 17, 16 or 17. It's only a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. And she's walking back home. It's yet again, Christmas. She's passing every house seeing, of course, everyone's homes are filled with loving families and Christmas trees and warm meals and dogs and all of that. She's getting angrier and angrier as she's walking. And as she walks, gets to the front doorstep of her house, she sees not only two figures in the windows, but she hears a puppy bark. And so she starts crying because she realizes finally, like her parents are actually home for Christmas and there's Mm -hmm. a puppy inside waiting for her. Mm -hmm. And so she busts in the door in tears of happiness. It's been basically literally her whole life without her parents there for Christmas. Mm -hmm. She finally gets the puppy, but she's met with the French nanny and two cardboard cutouts of her parents that her parents set and a Dalmatian toy that the French nanny hands her as she pulls a voice recording that's attached to the cardboard cutouts of her parents that are basically <laughs> saying like, we're having a great time on the Dalmatian coast. Like here's the puppy, puppy, we got you to represent that we're on the Dalmatian coast. Yeah. And they call Corella. They don't even call her by her name. They call her their tax exemption. Holy shit! It gets worse and worse every time. Every year. Yes. Oh my God. So this fake out is the final straw for past Corella, who just starts screaming and like pulling her hair. She takes the puppy toy and the cardboard cutouts and throws them into the fireplace, which Mm. immediately erupts with bigger flames. We do see her evilly like turn to the maid and start laughing. And we see the maid run out. Then it like goes back to modern day Corella, but like it's unclear she tried to murder the maid and like burn the house down and throw the maid into the fire. It sounds I'm like it. Assume, yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna assume a strong yes that that was yeah. another again arson, successful arson, probably and attempted murder. If yes. not, maybe actually, maybe murder. actual murder. <laughs> yes, that yeah. because you know they're really rich. They may have good lawyers to be like, it was just a house fire and mm-hmm. um, Corella is lucky to be alive. She just exactly. escaped. It was horrible. The parents weren't even there. Yes. My I goodness. think she got out of this charge essentially. Yeah. yeah. So Corella is tearing up at watching this and puppy past is like, we've made a breakthrough. And Corella is like, it's from all the smoke. And puppy past is like, all right, well, your hour's up. I'm done with this shit. And Corella is like, um, excuse me, it's only been 50 minutes. Um, but puppy past is over it. And Corella, we see back in bed, tossing and turning when suddenly laughter fills her bedroom. And this enormous giant ghost puppy who is like real chonky. He's one of my favorites from the original, Rolly, because mm. uh, he's always hungry and he's always like, Mama, I just need more food, which is basically one of my dogs. So I love him. Anyways, I want to note um, he's like he's like eating while he's laughing in the room and he's straight up like is drawn in this like series as a, like 
basically a pig. It's so oh. cute. He's just chalking. He's got like the flat nose and like very pointy ears. Oh. So he's like a little puppy piglet. And it's just so I was gonna cute. say did they it, like a pig with a dog's face, but no, it sounds like straight up just a pig who then they yeah. painted with black and white spots yeah, or like white with black like, spots. Yeah. We're really driving the point home here. Yeah. Um, anyways, so he is the puppy ghost of Christmas present, and we'll be taking her mm. to the shadows of this year. And Krill is impatient. She's like, all right, let's get on with it. So Puppy Present takes her to the cute little ranch of Roger and Anita and the nanny um, and where all the doll nation, all the Dalmatians live. And Corella's like, why am I going to these peasants house? I don't care. But Rolly makes her look in the window where they're all exchanging presents on Christmas Eve. But every present as they hand them to each other is noted that it has to be returned because now they don't have income because Anita's been fired. Mm. So, you know, one by one, they're opening a present being like, I appreciate the thought. I'm so glad you kept the receipt. Of course we'll return. <laughs> because right. We have 101 mouths to feed. Also it's a slight uh, on Roger because he's like an artist. He's like a musician. And they're clearly <laughs> being like, you don't make any money here. Yeah, yeah. Clearly the woman is the bread earner in this family. Oh, yes. Roger, your music. That's, that's so cute. But, uh, yeah, buddy, but we got we bills to, to pay and mouths to feed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, they're, it's a very loving, though. They're all very understanding of just, like, this isn't your fault, Anita. Like, of course, like, we'll do anything to keep this family together. We'll return yeah. all these presents. Um, they're clearly, like, very heartbroken. Even the puppies, like, we're going to get treats and no longer can. And then <laughs> these writers do something that was entirely uncalled for. Because we pan over to the last gift that would have been a little brace for Lucky, who we see whimpering and holding his little hurt paw because he can't put any pressure on it. And we learn that not only would this be a, a cast for his hurt paw, but now they can't afford the surgery. <laughs> Baby puppy. And he's just like, And Aww. I almost fucking cried. It was not okay <laughs> with me. <laughs> what the I... fuck, Disney? You're making this too much like a Christmas carol. It's fine when it <laughs> yeah. happens to Tiny Tim. No one yeah, gives a fuck. But a puppy? <laughs> Come yeah. on. It was uncalled for. I was Aww. upset. Yeah. I cuddled my dogs a little closer. And was like, oh, oh, good. Your, <laughs> your dogs have no idea what's going on, but they're like, I love this. Whatever is making mom so <laughs> sad and emotional. Keep it coming. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> the cuts going. Um, and to this, Corella is like, why is he limping? A little dramatic, don't you think? Um, and Rolly is like, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> okay, Cersei. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very funny. Um, but yeah, Corella is like, okay, yeah, like this is over the top trying to get the point home. Like this is tackily, like dramatic to which Rolly glares and just says, it's Dickens to like explain why it's so dramatic. But then Corella goes, oh, Dickens, my derriere. Which is oh. very inappropriate. Hello. Yeah, if you say that too quickly. <laughs> um, uh, basically, that's just being like, well, fuck me in the ass. Fuck me in like, the that ass. is inappropriate yeah. writers of this show. But funny, all, like, yes. nonetheless. You know? Exactly. Again, like to the parents watching and like adults watching. A gr- again, yeah. a lot of bangers in this yeah. uh, episode. 
So Corella, of course, is not shaken by this at all, um, which just pisses Rolly off even more, just being like, can you just not care about yourself for one second here? Like, do you not see like their Christmas is ruined? This puppy can't get surgery. Like, what is wrong with you? And Corella is just like, but they aren't me. So why should I care? Like, I don't understand what you're trying, what point you're trying to prove here. Horrible person. Yep. So puppy present just like shakes his head and he's just like, fuck this shit. All right. Passing her off to the third ghost here. Mm. So again, we join Corella in her bedroom. And this time she's being jolted awake by a bolt of lightning. And the room all around her gets darker and darker as the curtains start blowing wildly and more lightning comes. And with the mm. next bolt of lightning, we fully see the robed hooded figure with like the scythe or whatever the grim mm. reaper oh shit yeah um as like a quick side note it's like it's like one of the animals in like a in you in can costume. tell it's a dog yeah okay it's, it's like in a costume but they only like show it revealed for a second and the rest of the time it's like it doesn't okay. speak and it's fully like wearing like the full grim reaper outfit being very scary so is it like standing on two legs when it's when it takes the hood up or is it still like you can tell it's a dog just walking around oh, just like okay so great question wasn't getting into it this is some side <laughs> character in the show who's a chicken who also has spots they live on a ranch i think oh. it's just like an a, a, one of the puppy's friends gotcha so it walks on two legs because it's chicken but also it's a ghost so it's like human size they can change gotcha. sizes yes so okay. it looks like a human the whole time cool with okay. the hood up. very gotcha. scary awesome. yes <laughs> so they take he takes her to the window he's obviously the ghost of christmas future mm-hmm. and they see uh or it's the ghost of christmas yet to come uh we see a scene on christmas day in which um there's an auction going on of all of cruella's fine things but they're all going for like pocket change and we realize this is an estate sale Mm -hmm. and cruella's like i don't understand like why why is there an estate sale of all my beautiful things happening like what's going on as if like she doesn't understand estate sales are for when people die and there's no way to take care of all your shit yes Mm -hmm. so the grim reaper's like fine okay and he like wraps her in a shadow with his cloak and they reappear in a cemetery Mm. but not just any cemetery they reappear in a pet cemetery where the grim reaper shows her a snow-covered grave with her name on it which is apparently the ultimate insult to corella that she would be buried next to the decaying bodies and corpses of animals Um, yeah i mean that is that's sick burn <laughs> yeah it <laughs> really <laughs> is it's just like humans didn't want you here we're gonna yeah. go bury you next to your worst enemy the thing that you always this, tried to destroy this was the only plot that was available in the city and you didn't have <laughs> anyone looking over your state to plan otherwise so yep, so they just like dump her in. they don't even put her in a coffin just like <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah someone yeah. has to pay for the coffin nope she yeah no one didn't settle her affairs right away yep. you guys <laughs> Sorry about it. A lot about wills. I know. <laughs> also, the fact that all of our episodes so far for the holidays have had to do with like dogs as the main characters. Yes. Just like a, I thought that during the last Side episode, note. I was like, Classic. you know, it's Christmas. They make everyone happy. It's that exactly. time of season. Yeah, who doesn't love a yes. good heroic dog for the holidays? Exactly. So, um, 
again, she's like very upset by this. And like, this is finally when it clicks that like, if she doesn't change her ways, she indeed will end up quote, surrounded by decaying animal carcasses, unquote, Mm -hmm. and promises to change, but starts to freak out realizing like, like to the Grim Reaper, like, oh God, is it too late? It's probably too late. Like, I can't make Christmas better. Like it's, I, this, I've already set my fate in stone. Yeah. And then she suddenly wakes up on the lobby floor under the metal Christmas tree. <laughs> they just left me here. <laughs> she won is like, yes, I'm just alone here. And it was all a concussion dream, she realizes. Good slash horrible. Um, yes, exactly. Your and future state of mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it did its job. It's Christmas morning. She realized she was fucking conked out all night. And so she only has one day to get everyone presents and to give, mm. give, give and turn her ways around. But everything is closed on fucking Christmas. So she has to make do with what she has in the office. And she goes on what I would call, I would only call a deranged giving rampage. Oh, in which gosh. she's probably concussed and like, I don't <laughs> think really has like changed her ways fully. And so she, again, has to make do with what she has. So what does she have? An office. So she starts by leaning out an office window in this high rise where there are ice skaters below and starts yelling, Merry Christmas, as she pushes photocopy machines out the windows onto the people below. That's attempted <laughs> murder. And people start screaming and scattering. It's like breaking the ice. <laughs> and then she runs out and there's like the charity santa who like cowers and she gives him a shitload of money but then pauses and goes this is tax deductible right and of of course it is so again that's why i'm like i don't think she's really changed her ways and then she finds the unhoused pumpkin patch pat and she gives him her fur coat which is actually like i guess one of the only good things that She's she does in this giving plot twist. Peter comes up as soon as she leaves and throws paint on him. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Actually, or like full twist. Someone had a camcorder there. Like Peter had a camcorder to catch Corilla in a fur coat. He's actually an activist for Peta. This whole time it was a setup, and he is like, I knew it. I knew this was real fur. Uh huh, exactly. So they caught her in this crime. Yes. So Pumpkin Patch Pat is doing fine. Um, She goes. (laughs) An undercover agent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She goes to the carolers and throws them off by singing her own horribly offbeat and out of tune Christmas songs. And when they all like just stop and stare at her, she's like, you critics. And then goes to the next thing. She gets into the car, still smashes into snowmen that children have built. Oh my built. gosh, it's a concussion. Uh, she can't do it. She's not doing well. <laughs> um, she again, she never does she make a full into a good person recovery? I argue no. She goes to Roger and Anita in the Dalmatian's house and um busts into the farmhouse where the whole family is like again, very like sadly gathered, but like enjoying love and company, all all like. Whoville style from the like Grinch. poor people tend to do <laughs> <laughs> like poor people no presence um they're obviously shocked and terrified to see her <laughs> like, they're like, like oh. stumbling in 
Like, well, not only does she burst open, she looks crazy deranged and she has a bag like over her shoulder, like Santa, which is probably, they're like, what is in that bag? She's come to steal the Dalmatians again. Again, That's I legit think what they first thought. Like yeah. the puppies all cower. Um, but, and from this bag, she starts pulling out random ass office supplies and giving them to people like staplers, tape, pencils like file folders um to anita especially she gives like you know like a little like nameplate on a desk yeah uh, she hands her one that says susan and so anita's <gasps> like thank Thanks. you and curly goes oh i must have grabbed the wrong one but it's okay i'm firing susan tomorrow oh, oh and you're rehired you can have susan's desk <laughs> so keep the name tag anyway <laughs> yeah um and Anita's like thank you um we I'm sorry we don't have any presents for you because you came over unannounced yeah and it's Christmas day and yeah. you fired me yes why would you even be in my home ever and Corella is like oh no this is what I've always wanted a Christmas with puppies and she like gets down on the ground at all of the puppies because this is probably fucking terrifying because from like let's switch POV to the dogs yeah. this deranged concussed lady who has tried <laughs> to skin and murder them is now running the at them grabbing at them um so they all and, are like <laughs> and they like can probably away. sense that their owners are on edge too so yes. they're like taking in Anita and Roger's anxiety as well like oh yeah <laughs> what the fuck is going on oh god oh god oh god um and so she grabs one of the puppies to just give it a hug and the show ends hilariously because roger is like no 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 not that one that's wizard and like the name depicts he just pees all over her and the episode ends mm. um, with the christmas spirit only somewhat filling the semi still evil lady um and yeah, that's it. Sorry, I like steamrolled yeah. through it. This was like a long, long thing that I wrote. And so I was like, we can't stop to stop. This one's like yeah. seven pages. We got to get through this. Amazing. Well done. Great job. <laughs> uh, one, because I don't know if I do that 101 Dalmatians had a show. If mm -hmm. I did know this, then I just never watched it. And even if yeah. I did watch it, I'd had no recollection of a Christmas Carol episode. So yes amazing exactly. I feel like also it's almost impossible I'm glad that you added a Christmas Carol one in there because it's like almost impossible to talk about Christmas stuff or holiday stuff without exactly. bringing up that classic tale so yeah excellent well done Thank wow you. I wonder now I want to watch the live action one that came out recently with Emma oh, Stone yeah, I'm like maybe they <laughs> They like they tied tie some of that in. those childhood flashbacks in. Yeah. Who knows? They <laughs> might have. I mean, it's they canon. try to make, I think the whole point of like all of Disney's like live action villain movies is to like make them more sympathetic, which also mm -hmm. is like more complex and like problematic, maybe. But uh, to be like, but it's okay that they turn to this path of terror. Like they were sad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen in really probably any of them whatever anyways yeah. um there you have it it was a great fun Amazing. fun episode it was uh, a lot of commentary on capitalism which was yeah incredible frankly Clearly. um yeah Disney and with that between now and next week which i think might be a christmas eve airing episode. it will be it will be yes, yes. and we'll have a special who, christmas eve themed episode as well who should our um 
viewers and friends and family and listeners tell about this podcast? All the folks. This week, I I think you should go to, uh, gosh, where do, is it called a furrier? Is that what they're called? Farriers are for horses, but do furriers, are they the ones who actually like make fur stuff? <laughs> like clothes I should have looked it up in anticipation of you asking me this but just yeah find (laughs) your local like tailor who also makes like luxurious fur coats and things and go tell them be like hey I have nowhere near enough money to buy anything in this (laughs) little boutique here but a podcast that I listened to talked about Cruella DeVille (laughs) who you're kind of like and then run the fuck out of there yeah and then run done (laughs) nice um I think after that you should tell um yeah whatever uh charity Santa you run into it's cold they're out there for long hours they're doing the shitty job of having to ask people for donations especially in this day and age where no one carries cash they could use a little happiness in their life so tell them they can listen to a little yeah like have a little wireless headphone in while they ask for cash monies and uh tell them to listen to the pod yeah. And as Corella taught us, it is indeed tax deductible. Hey, <laughs> actually, thanks, I don't Corella. know that. That's yeah. We're joking. So haha, I'm not actually sure or we're not, not your tax <laughs> accountants, lawyers, or advisors. Anyway, until <laughs> Never next time. Never liable for anything. Yep. Until <laughs> yeah. next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.